I, 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 that's unacceptable. Put a pretzel down in front of it, maybe a Cuban sandwich, you know, in, in, in a box to preserve it. That's how I want to be remembered. You don't necessarily know that he's going to stink. You don't know that. You don't know that. He might. The JoeBucksFan.com NFL Draft Party, April 27th. Ebor City, Big Storm Brewing Company, brand new tap room right there in Centro Ebor, 1600 East 7th Avenue, upstairs, second floor, some outdoor seating, beautiful big setup indoors, great menu of course, Big Storm Brewery, NFL Draft Party, JoeBucksFan.com, and you can win $500 there, Ira, 500 bucks in our Pick the Pick contest. We've done it before. It's great fun. Pick the draft pick. We've got tiebreakers. The grand prize is $500 from Florida's Elite Restoration. Your first phone call if you have a disaster in your home, Florida's EliteRestoration.com. Owner Josh Martin, big Bucks fan, and he's hooking up fans. It's going to be great, Ira. That's fantastic. Josh, congratulations for pitching in. Can't wait to see you at the draft party. Another example of why Florida's Elite Restoration is your go-to place uh, if you even think you have a water or mold problem, Florida's elite restoration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buccaneers fans, the Ira Kaufman podcast rolls on. Happy late February to you. I'm Steve Isbitz of JoeBucksFan.com. Lee DeKemper of Joe Bucks Fan is here. And the star of the show is the sage of Tampa Bay sports. He's the king of Newport Ritchie, Uncle Ira, the custodian of Canton, the baron of Big Storm Beer, Mr. Bill Curry Ford. Ira Kaufman, uh, he now reports that he's uh, 86% back from COVID, 86, creeping up there, Ira, you're almost up to your age, it's fantastic, and uh, we've got plenty to talk about on this episode. Uh, Ira, before I get into some important things, I want to let everybody know the last podcast, you know, you can listen at JoeBucksFan.com, Podbean app, where you're now over 700 subscribers, no other local podcast is close. And of course, Podcast Addict, uh, you're pushing 1,500 subscribers. And then the big platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Feel free to leave a review. And of course, Sage, the podcast is presented by uh, the coolest uh, general manager in Ford history, JoeBucksFan.com draft guru Sean Sullivan and Bill Curry Ford. It's a family business. It's not Bill Sullivan Ford. It's Bill Curry Ford, 62-plus years, right there in Tampa, a mile north of Raymond James Stadium, Dale Mabry on the east side. Gosh, 0% financing Sage. The President's Day sale continues through the end of the month. So many great offers. There are other 0% financing offers on various vehicles. 500 bucks from Sean Sullivan just to order a new vehicle. Uh, you can even get a concierge to guide you through. All the details are at BillCurryFord.com. Nationwide lifetime warranty on new vehicles. Good credit, bad credit. They'll hook you up. I even do some of their own financing. Uh, Curry Cares Insurance is on site. That's that's my insurance uh, for my vehicle insurance, Ira, through Curry Cares. I don't know about you, but Curry Cares, so I care about them. BillCurryFord.com. Check it out. And we'll be hearing from Sean on the podcast with his uh, mock drafts and uh, some other looks at the Combine. And you can catch up on his all-encompassing Young Player podcast and Draft Prospect podcast, Best in Class, as well. That's BillCurryFord.com. Get yourself there. Sage, before we get to some other stuff, uh, I hope you're feeling well. I liked your uh, segment with Derek Brooks, the Tampa 2, the Identity Tampa Bay. Might be the last one for a month or so till free agency cracks. That's right at JoeBucksFan.com. How you doing? I'm doing well. You know, I, I told Brooks some of my impressions of Dave Canales on the introductory 
news conference the other day when uh, our, when our lead, the Kemper, was uh, right there up front and personal. And uh, Brooks loved it because uh, I accentuated the fact that uh, Canales started his speech with ball security. Keep the ball. Don't give the ball away. Brooks loves it. And, Lee, whether you agree with number 55 or not, he's very consistent. Of course, he approaches it from a defensive standpoint about how a balanced offense sort of keeps the defense off balance. And Brooks talks about it all the time. His job was to make the offense one-dimensional. And he thought that worked very much to a defense's advantage. Lee, I went back and I noticed that even in 02, the championship season, fantastic defense, unbelievable, you know, all-time defense. But mm-hmm. Brooks, defensive player of the year. They lost both games to the Saints during the regular season, including the season opener. Mm-hmm. Close games, but they lost both of them. Deuce McAllister, who, who was a very good running back for New Orleans. He wasn't Barry Sanders, but he was very good. And he weighed about 235, and he had some speed. And they gave him the ball 25 times, both of those games. And he had about 100 yards each. You know, I think that's exactly the type of game that Brooks is talking about. And it warms his heart to think of the Bucks running the ball. Brooks could not stand the fact, Lee, that the Bucks threw, uh, you know, 68% of the time. He couldn't stand it. Now, Lee, he didn't have a leg to stand on those first two years. They averaged 30 points. But he figured sooner or later it was going to catch up to him. Lee, when I told him, Canales uh, looks like a guy from the Pete Carroll school. Ball control, ball security, placed out defense, win those type of games. Derek Brooks looked like a guy who just found out he won the lottery. That's Derek Brooks. Not everybody's got to agree with him, Lee, but he's very consistent that the threat of the run makes all the difference from uh, from a defensive standpoint. Well, there's no question Canales is a Pete Carroll disciple through and through. He's been with Carroll since... Uh... USC, if you listen to him talk, I mean, he, he reveres Pete Carroll. So there's no doubt about that. And the Saints analogy you're talking about, you're missing the forest for the trees. Deuce McAllister was a hell of a good running back. Who was their quarterback? I was at those games, too, as a fan. Remember who those, that quarterback was? Uh, I, I think they might have had Aaron, Aaron Brooks, maybe. Lee. Yeah, Jim Haslett wasn't that dumb. And, oh, yeah. by the way, a defensive guy. Run the yeah. ball. It's in your DNA, Ira. Hey, Ira, the way Canales talks about Pete Carroll reminds me of how Rick Stroud talks about you when you're not around. It's just, uh, <laughs> it's just heartwarming. Absolutely heartwarming. <laughs> you can always make me laugh with that kind of stuff, Steve. All right, Ira, we're, we're taking a little twist here. We're taking a little turn. Right before the podcast, I threw out on Twitter, hey, you got a question for Ira? So I've got three quick questions for you here, Ira. Uh, you can take them in any direction you want. And they're all real. I'll give you three long answers, Steve. There you go. They're quick questions, and they're, uh, they're wide-ranging in, the, in just these three questions. Some of them are unanswerable, but I'll, I'm going to get right at it. You ready? Is, is, is Raquel Welch uh, one of the questions she mentioned? No, no. no. <laughs> what would be considered a good season in 2023, considering Tom Brady's retirement and the salary cap issues? I think a good season is... Uh, Ten and seven. Ten and seven is a good season, considering uh, it's a weak division at this point, unless things change dramatically. Maybe one of those three teams can pop up. Maybe. I don't see more than uh, a chance that one of them can, given the division. And I know they went eight and nine with Tom Brady, but uh, I'll say it before Lee does. Coaching uh, was very much under question 
last year. Uh, they've made some changes. Bowles has the guys he wants. Ten and seven, Steve, uh, is my number for the Bucks. Certainly, those days of thirteen and four under under Brady are uh, long gone. Lee, how would you answer that question? A good year. Well, I, I would say a good year of drafting Henry Hooker in the uh, second round. That would be the start of the season. But uh, a winning season. What's the realistic expectation if uh, Kyle Trask is your starting quarterback? Which it seems to be. But uh, you know, the, the Bucks have already kicked off their PR blitz about Kyle Trask, and we'll get full steam in a couple of days in Indianapolis. But I mean, what's the realistic winning expectation with Trask? I'm not. Slamming Trask, nor am I saying he's Joe Montana. What's the realistic expectations with him? Probably seven and ten. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So if you go, you know, four game or three games over that, or two games over that, nine wins. That's pretty good. That's a good season. What'd you say the expectation was, Iris? Seven wins for Trask? Uh, Atlanta won seven games somehow. Carolina won seven <laughs> games uh, somehow. New Orleans with Andy Dalton. On seven games somehow. So um, I think seven wins would be the ceiling, but seven ten is not, nothing to be proud of, Steve. Let's be honest. I understand, Ira. I don't really have super low expectations for Trask, uh, but again, nobody really knows uh, what's going on. But I'm going to point to uh, the lockout season, right? 2011, it's the lockout season. In comes Andy Dalton as a second-round rookie to a team with a top-10 defense. And they have a middle-of-the-pack offense. I was looking it up last night. 18th in points scored for the Bengals. And a, a decent running game, not great. Decent passing game, not great. And they went 9-7. and seven. And he was a rookie with no, uh, no OTAs or anything like that. Trask has had two years. If he's any good, those two years are going to make a real difference, which is some of the chatter we heard from Bruce Arians on um, a Rich Eisen's show. We can get into that. But I thought, Ira, for a minute, I thought you might have said 1-15 uh, because that would get, uh, get everybody the, uh, the draft pick uh, that they're looking for in 2024. But I know you didn't go there. I didn't go there because if that happens and they get uh, a really good quarterback that pans out on the NFL level, I think that's an ideal situation for the Bucks. You take your lumps for one season. Lee, what, what's the difference between 1-15 and 7-10? and 10? I mean, in my mind, I don't uh, discern that much of a difference. You're, you're singing my song. I've been saying that for years. People call that a loser's mentality. I, no, it's called building for future winning for years on end. So you're, you're singing my song. If you're not yeah. playing for the playoffs, then you're playing for the draft. Yeah, Steve, the worst thing in the world is to have the 11th pick in the draft off a bad season. Well, Sage, uh, I think a lot of fans would say the worst thing in the world is a one-win season. The agony, the pain, the heart attacks across the Tampa Bay area, the marriages that break up, the people who lose hair. I mean, there's a lot of pain involved with a season like that, Ira. There is, but... Um, it all depends on whether you cash in or not. And I'm with Lee on this one. You go 1-15, in 15, you better get it right. You better get it right in the draft. You know, did the Bucks get it right in 2015 with Jameis Winston? Well, he was the best quarterback on the board. It didn't work out. He's probably going to be a backup for the next five years before he retires. Just the way it is. Uh, Josh Freeman didn't work out. But these other teams, Lee, uh, and plenty of them, they hit the lottery with quarterbacks and the Bucs have never done it like it's high time that that trend uh, ends the 2015 draft let's not overlook that the core basis 
of a Super Bowl winning offensive line, including the the best offensive line in the NFL that season and maybe the season after. Two of those guys were drafted in 2015, Donovan Smith and Ali Marpet. So, yeah, the, the Bucks sucked in 2015, and in Steve's analogy, people lost hair, they had heart attacks, but you know what? They were healthy as hell come 2020. I mean, certainly that's not a washout draft, not like the Hargraves draft. That was absolutely forgettable. Absolutely, Ira. Like you said, Sage, you got to get it right. Look at Bill Parcells in 2008. He had the number one overall pick. He needed a quarterback. He took left tackle Jake Long and left Matt Ryan on the board. Essentially screwed the franchise. They're still looking for their quarterback uh, with Tua having all those injuries and stuff. And Tua was tanked for as well. And and that hasn't put them into a playoff winning mode. All right, Sage, let me get you the next question here, which uh, we touched on in a previous podcast, but uh, it's worth revisiting. And especially as we get closer to free agency, Question is, knowing we have a bunch of big paydays coming up, Ira, what do you think on trading Devin White for at least a number two and a number three pick, second or third round pick, and then holding on to Levante to groom a couple of young linebackers? I might be in the minority here uh, among the three of us. I'm not quite ready to give up on Devin White. Uh, I'm not, because I see the upside. And we all saw it in 2020, down the stretch, I mean, he might have been the Bucks' best player late in the postseason. Uh, I agree. On, on either side of the ball, he, he might have been, you know, with the glare of, of the spotlights, the brightest, the biggest stages. He, he's not old. Yeah, he might cost you money down the line, but I got to give him one more year. Of course, it all depends on how Bowles looks at it. Bowles, Bowles knows better than anybody else whether uh, White uh, is likely to reach his potential. And I think it's a great potential. Doesn't mean he's going to get there. I'd like to see him uh, talk a little bit less um, <laughs> and, and study film a little bit more, take better angles to the ball, and not rely so much on his physical talents. You know, do a little Rondé Barber. You know, become the most intelligent football player in, in the league. And then the Bucks would have a, a, a sensational uh, linebacker going forward. Can't, I can't give up on somebody that young that flashes that kind of skill i gotta give him one more yearly i wouldn't give up on him but i certainly wouldn't turn my nose up on a good offer either and i also right now right. i would not give him a killer contract either as far as talking i hope he talks more ira look at our business wasn't a guy to talk less that's like owning the deli and hoping the whole damn town goes on a diet no 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 <laughs> But I got to see results. I got to see results. And I don't disagree with you, Ira. It's a very good argument and, and maybe a fact. He was the Bucks' best player in the postseason when he came back from COVID in 2020. And I, I've said this before. I'll say it again. If that is the result of Devin White having COVID, he needs to be shot up with the virus a couple times a year. <laughs> uh, Steve, now that that's the year that he... Uh that he set that, you know, standard of, of nine sacks. So that's unreasonable. It's unreasonable. You just don't see that from an inside linebacker. You, you don't. Very, very rare. But I'd like to see six, six and a half. Again, this one's on bowls. You know, the decision whether who the quarterback sh- should be, that comes from the Glazers, I, I think. What direction this team goes, that goes to the Glazers. A decision on Devin White, I think that's on bowls. 
and he deserves it. It's his expertise. Who knows Devin White's uh, feeling better than Todd Bowles? Who's got insight into Devin White's uh, work ethic more than Todd Bowles? This one's on Bowles. A second and a third round draft pick doesn't get me too excited, Lee, when uh, you're giving up a 25-year-old linebacker who was your best player during the championship season. I'm sticking with the kid, but I'm with Lee. I'm, I'm not throwing $100 million at him right now. I'm not. Sage, all right, just for those keeping score, Todd Bowles doesn't get to pick the quarterback, but he gets to pick the linebacker. He doesn't get to pick the direction of the team. That's on ownership. He has to get to pick his coaches, but he can't pick all the players. I, the whole thing to me is is crazy. I'm gonna I, I'm losing my mind, Ira. Either you trust the guy and believe in him, or you don't. But I get I get that's not how it it, it necessarily works at one buck place. You got to admit there's at least a little conflict there. Sage, when it comes to defense and offense, Florida's Elite Restoration, that's your best call. They're your best call to take on your insurance company to make sure they pay your claim for whatever happened in your home, whatever that disaster is. Storm damage, flood, fire, mold. Florida's Elite Restoration is a licensed mold remediation specialist. Call them first, 24-7. They'll give you a free assessment of what's happening at your property. And then if you agree to move forward with them, not only will they battle your insurance company and make sure everything's done right, they will give you $500 and that maybe that's toward your deductible or uh, on a cash deal, that would be money back. So Florida's Elite Restoration Dot com. Get there, see what they're all about, bookmark it, so when that disaster strikes, you know who to call, Florida's Elite Restoration.com. Sage, uh, we heard about our draft party, Big Storm Brewery, Ybor City, but we want to remind everybody, Big Storm Beer is Florida's best craft beer. See all the beers at BigStormBrewery.com, and the locations, Cape Coral, Amway Center in Orlando, Clearwater, Odessa, and now Ybor City in Central Ybor, they are all on social media. So you can check out different things going on there. Look at some of the menus at bigstormbrewery.com. But when you go shopping for beer this weekend, make it Big Storm Beer, Florida's best craft beer. Grab a Bromosa. You will be blown away. Sage, a quick question here from Carl Hungus Cableman. Pretty cool name there. Who are the locks among running backs to be on the opening day roster? I just want the names, Ira. Who do we got that's a lock to be on the opening day roster? You got one, Rashad White. You got one. That's all you got. Who knows what's going on with Keyshawn Vaughn? I, I don't think he's valued very highly uh, within the organization. I don't, unless that was a Byron Leftwich uh, sole decision not to use the guy. I think Bowles was a little frustrated, Lee, to be fair, that Keyshawn Vaughn didn't get more of a chance. I, I think that bothered Bowles a little bit. But that doesn't guarantee uh, Keyshawn Vaughn any carries going forward. Giovanni Bernard's probably not going to be back, Lee. Leonard Fournette, I think, is very much up in the air. Very much up in the air. Got a lot of wear and tear on him. He does. I can't blame him for the lack of holes because Rashad White didn't average uh, any better than uh, Leonard Fournette did, Lee. Lee, his yards for carry dropped a full yard. I mean, what a drop from four and a half to three and a half. That That is a big, big plunge. Rashad White's the guy going forward, and Lee... They're certainly going to pick up uh, another running back or two, either in uh, the draft or free agency. I think White right now is the number one guy, and maybe the only guy. As far as lock, to me, lock means, you know, lock means lock. <laughs> Rashad White is the only guy locked in that 
that's coming back. I mean, I'm not saying they shouldn't bring back playoff Lenny, but if you're talking lock, like, you, you know, you can go to the bank with it. You can put your mortgage down on it. Yeah, Rashad White. He's on his rookie contract. He's cheap. He'll be back. And I, I got to say, there's two things about uh, Bucks running backs real quick here, Ivor. I like Rashad White a lot. He impressed me in that Seattle game. Really hasn't impressed me a whole lot outside Seattle game. He showed he could be an NFL running back. But when J.C. Cornell put out on Twitter that, hey, the, you know, the Bucks are going to be running the ball more, maybe uh, Bijan Robinson should be uh, on their radar. And he obviously got ticked off about that. Rashad White did. And how, basically saying, how dare you consider them drafting a running back, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You were running back 1B on the worst rushing attack in the NFL. Calm down. Calm down. If you are the worst in the league, you better expect competition the next year. You better expect it. And speaking of calming down, since you brought up his name, and I know this is old news, but I got to say it. You know, the Super Bowl a couple weeks ago, the Eagles cornerback got busted for holding against the Chiefs, and that basically ended the game for all intents and purposes. Like a man, he stood up and said, I held him. And I couldn't help but think of the way that Giovanni Bernard got all bent out of shape when he botched a snap, a fake punt that helped lead to a loss to the Bengals. And he flipped out in the locker room because we dared ask him what happened. Yeah, that guy was James Bradbury Lee. Pretty good player. Pretty good corner. And a man. And a man. No question about it. Sage, uh, wanted to get your perspective. Bobby Wagner eight-time Pro Bowler, future Hall of Famer, even though you may, I know you don't like me to throw that phrase around, but eight-time. Well, he's got he's got hardware, Steve. He he has it. He has the hardware that Levante David doesn't have. He does. And he's coming off a phenomenal season uh, with uh, the Rams, and they're letting him go. So he hits the market, same draft class as Levante David. Obviously, the Bucks want David back. Can they afford him? They don't know what's going on. But now you got those two on the market. And how do you think that him being out there, Wagner, complicates things? Because, hey, if Wagner doesn't get a great offer, then how could Levante David want one? And Or if Wagner has this big market and four teams want him, well, then it's probably a safe bet that, to think that the loser, you know, the losers who didn't get Wagner might want David. So how do you think this all shakes out? You're right. Wagner will have an effect. I think there will be a, a market for Wagner, and he could set the, the parameters for Levante David. Look, there's not going to be 11 teams interested in Bobby Wagner. He's got a lot of snaps behind him. But the right team, the right team that thinks he could be the winning edge, that's looking for um, a, a savvy veteran linebacker that can still play, and there might be two, three, four teams like that. The same thing applies to Levante David. David says he wants to finish his career with the Bucks. Ultimately, that decision may not be up to Levante David. We'll see. Uh, a lot of it depends on whether they're keeping Devin White, right, Lee? You, you can't lose both of those guys and, and plan to compete this fall. Uh, I don't care who you plan on drafting in the second round. You know, you, you can't expect that guy to step in uh, and be an immediate impact player. So I, I think Wagner's going to get picked up. But it's not going to be an all-out bidding war for Bobby Wagner. It's not. And by the way, Lee, doesn't that tell you something uh, about the where the Rams view themselves this year? If they thought they were a real championship contender, 
they try to hold on to Bobby Wagner. Oh, yeah. There was an article about the Rams in The Athletic about why they collapsed. And outside of Matt Stafford getting hurt, sure sounded like the Bucks. All the injuries and guys that had left. And it, it really sounded like the Bucks, except for the quarterback getting hurt. You know, the Bucks had all those injuries late in the season. The biggest one was Christian Werfs. Sage Lee mentioned the Kyle Trask hype train, which is in uh, full steam ahead. And of course, hey, why not? You know, you give the guy some confidence. He's the only guy you got, and the quarterback is the prime position. And if you are chasing a free agent quarterback, you want every agent to think, hey, we like our guy. Maybe we don't, uh, you know, we're not running after you. You know, we have somebody we like, but we're interested. We'll, we'll sniff it out. Your guy, Garoppolo, whoever it might be. Was curious your take on the Trask hype. I know you feel that he is a good chance he'll be the guy or will at least get a shot to compete with somebody, but just really curious on your take with the hype. But Jeff Darlington of ESPN made it very clear. Uh, actually, it was a little fuzzy, but he, he did sort of put the pieces together that uh, he's been talking to the Bucks, which he said on the air in ESPN. And uh, Jason Light believes that Trask is the best quarterback in the NFC South that includes uh, Jameis Winston under contract, other quarterbacks. What's your thought there? Well, I'll say it before Lee does. We think we know who Jeff Darlington talks to. And by that, I mean he's not talking to uh, Ryan Jensen. He's talking to some decision makers. Yes. Dar Darlington does a good job. He was very sharp during the Tom Brady era, uh, sifting out the, the facts from the fallacy. And uh, I tend to trust Darlington. He's been around the Bucks a lot, Lee, in that press box we saw him all the time last year. Every time we looked up there, because he's from him. Seminole. <laughs> yeah. So usually, uh, you know, he, he's got some uh, insight into what he's saying. Uh, as far as the hype around Trask, people say, well, look what Canales. Canales was talking up Trask. Lee, you made this point the other day. Trask's the only guy under contract. He's the only guy Canales can talk about. Who else is he going to talk about? He can't talk about Blaine Gabbert. He's not, he's not on the roster right, right now. You know, he's in line to test free agency. Boy, talk about a guy who's not going to have uh, be overwhelmed by suitors. Uh, let's talk about Blaine Gabbert. But to say that Trask is the best quarterback in the division, well, I don't know. Lee, Desmond Ritter, now look, I I'm not saying Desmond Ritter's Joe Burrow. But um, he wasn't bad to the point where I think Atlanta's even thinking, hey, maybe we don't have to draft a quarterback in the first round this year. They might like Desmond Ritter. We'll see. He didn't look bad against the Bucks in the season finale. Now, granted, second half he was going up uh, against a lot of scrubs. But I'm not sure he threw an interception for the Falcons. And I think he played the last four or five games. So you, you can't say Trask is better than Ritter because Ritter's got some experience. Trask got zilch. zilch. Ira, I, you, I, Ira, Ira, you can say whatever you want. That's the whole point. I, Lee, I, I think Trask... Is, is going to get some competition. Drew Locke, he makes some sense to me, Lee. He makes some sense to me. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. First of all, Canales... He makes no sense to me, but maybe in a football sense, but this guy doesn't have a lick of common sense. Well, he, he's cheap, number one. He's cheap. Nobody's opened up their, uh, their, their, their spreadsheets for Drew Locke. Canales knows him a little bit, and, uh, you know, if he wants to slug it out with Trask in August, so be it. I, I think it makes sense. I, I don't mind Trask getting the job right now. First of all, I want to know about Kyle Trask. I don't want to end the, end the 2023 season 
And the three of us are sitting here on a podcast saying, well, wait a minute, Trask didn't throw any balls. We, we don't know if this kid can play. I, 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 that's unacceptable, Lee. That's unacceptable. Can I see if this guy can play? Can I? Uh, and then I'm going to go forward and make decisions based off, off that. I don't want Andy Dole coming in here and, and looking better than looking better than Trask in August, and, and all of a sudden Andy Dole's under center for Week One. No, 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 no. In the words of Lee the Kemper, no, 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 no. That can't happen. That, that's that's a that's a losing mentality right there. I'll, I'll say it again about Andy Dole. Why pay money to tank? Well, Lee, if you if you go with Trask. You don't necessarily know that he's going to stink. You don't know that. You don't know that. He might. All of a sudden, Jason Light looked like a freaking genius if Trask has a pretty good year. He would. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if Trask is everything these people on, that comment on Joe Buck's fan say he is, and they haven't seen him, well, outside of one game, they haven't seen him throw a football since he lived in Gainesville. If he is all that, if everything I saw in practice – was a total mirage, and right. this guy's a Pro Bowl quarterback. And the Bucks go to the playoff with Trask. Jason Light needs to get a lifetime contract. There you go. If I'm, if I'm Jason Light, and, and I got input into this, I want Trask to win that job. If you believe in Trask, so I mean, we if don't know. We don't know the situation. But one thing, belief is one thing. Fallacy is another. You know, I I just I'm a big Bobby Knight guy. I love Bobby Knight. I think he's the ultimate coach there are many quotes of his that i quote to people a lot and this is one of them hope is a four-letter word but lee you got to give a guy an opportunity an opportunity and then okay see an opportunity is great uh should brian griff given it be given an opportunity if not why not he's got no pedigree he's just he's just the body what pedigree does, does kyle trask have he's got production at, at on the college level three completions <laughs> on the yeah. I, I read, if this guy lit it up in practice but I saw every practice the last couple of years all but one he was not close to Blaine Gabbard I know you mock Blaine Gabbard a lot and I'm not saying Blaine Gabbard's a good quarterback nothing in my eyes my eyes my you know left eye right eye nothing that I saw suggests Kyle Trask is the franchise quarterback that will lead the Bucks to glory I hope he is I want that SLB to get a busting Canton. But you know what? Like Bobby Knight said, hope is a four-letter word. That's the point. That's really the dividing line because the Bucks themselves, they won't view it as hope. They'll view it as two years of what they've seen of development. And uh, if they believe in him, they believe in him. So for them, it's not hope. Uh, for everybody else, it is because we haven't seen it other than what we've seen it in college, Ira, and the fact that he didn't beat out Blaine Gabbert, which was probably preordained, but things change all the time. So, all right. Because this question is so much fun, Ira. You ready for this one? I think I am. I've brought this up before, Ira, and uh, I I really believe in it, and I, I have some criteria. But I will ask you here: Do you By the think? Way, I, I love you doing the research on Andy Dalton already, yes, Steve. That's outstanding. Beautiful. He needs help. <laughs> Steve needs help. Every time I hear Andy Dalton's name, I want to do a Curly Howard and. <laughs> <laughs> Steve's Steve's got the full bio on Andy Dalton. He knows everything about it. Bottom line, Ira, bottom line is that quarterbacks came into this league in a lockout year in bad situations and thrived. And Traskin's been sitting there for two years in what should be one of the greatest quarterback incubators in the history of professional football. 
I don't want to hear that he's not ready. I, I don't want to hear it. I understand there's learning curves within an offense, new offense, whatever, but not ready or not able to, to play his best. Come on. Sage, do you think that you deserve a place in the ring of honor because you have helped so many players get inducted into the Hall of Fame, the Buccaneers ring of honor? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. The three of us could reel off 10 names that need, need to be up there, including Gene Deckerhoff, you know, and including uh, Warwick Dunn. There's plenty of others. Hardy Nickerson, James Wilder comes to mind. All I want is, is uh, you know, maybe an honorary seat in the press box. That, that's all I'm looking for. Put a, <laughs> put a pretzel down in front of it, maybe a Cuban sandwich, you know, in, in, in a box to preserve it. That's how I want to be remembered as a buck scribe. Put it right next to, uh, you know, Jenna Lane and Orman and, and Stroud and let them look at it uh, every day. That, that would warm me through uh, my retirement years. Steve, I don't want to be, uh, nor should I be. Uh, up with all the uh, buck icons. I had a job to do in that room as a presenter. I, I did it the best I, I could. There were some years when uh, I walked away very disappointed, especially with the John Lynch years. But uh, looking back, I'm proud because uh, these were very deserving candidates. And I'm, I'm, and I'm very proud of the Ed Sable one, too. Lita was the first one, 2011. The guy was 95 years old, Lee. He's got one shot to get a gold jacket. One chance, 95 years old. Uh, you know, of course, he he was a, a tremendous candidate. Uh, how can you knock Ed Sable and NFL Films? They stunted my social development lead for many years on Saturday nights instead of going out on dates. Um, I'm watching Redskins, Cowboys, Game of the Week, 1971. So they did a job on my, uh, uh, on my social life. NFL films, they were so responsible for the growth of the NFL. Anyway, Steve, that's my answer. No, I don't belong up there with the Buck greats. I do not. Lee, what do you think? Oh, it'd be cool if he got that. I'm going to repeat this story, Ira. This is specifically aimed at the people who always whine and complain about, oh, Ira didn't do this and Ira didn't do that. When you did your presentation for Ed Sable, I was told that there was some apprehension with the powers that be at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, because that was your first presentation. If I was, and is that correct? That is correct. And so there was some apprehension because that was your first time at bat, and they didn't know your powers of persuasion, but uh, they were hopeful. I was told you absolutely knocked it out of the park, and you cemented yourself as someone who should be respected when the present presentations are made. And you want to know who told me that, Ira? It better not be Ed Sable. <laughs> no. The guy who, at the time, ran the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Joe Oregon. Joe Oregon. Yeah. Joe Oregon. I'll never Joe forget Oregon. that. I sat down and talked to him for about 20 minutes, and he brought your name up, and he just was just loved, loved your presentation for Sable. And he said that cemented you for history with the Pro Football Hall of Fame process. You won a lot of people over with that presentation. Thanks, Lee. Sage, I know you got here covering the Bucks in 1985. In my opinion, Ira, and I'm not blowing smoke here, I think that if you can get 45 years in covering the team and being an ambassador for Buccaneers football like you've been on NFL Network shows uh, all over the place, uh, all the work you've done on Joe Bucks Fan, the Tribune, other things, stories, features, uh, the Hall of Fame. I think if you put in 45 years 
and these other guys are in. Deckerhoff, I expect to get in. I think a great case could be made to stick the name Kaufman up there. I really do, Ira, and that's where I stand. And uh, you're not going to convince me otherwise. You're talking about another seven years of work over there, uh, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that's another uh, that's another 1,400 columns for Joe Bucks fan, uh, Stevie. Hey, uh, take some vitamin, Ira, take I, some I, vitamin D. I, 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 always, Ira, I always tell the Bucks, the people that are in control of this, I keep telling them they're missing out on radio broadcasts. You need to be in a booth. You would be the next Myron Coke. I'm serious as a heart attack about that. You would be dynamite. Well, instead of waving a towel, you know, maybe I wave a knish or something. Uh, I, <laughs> hey, I have a serious question about the Hall of Fame. Yeah. What's or the Ring of Honor, I should say. What is the feedback you get? People questioning, why isn't, insert the blank, why isn't so-and-so in the Ring of Honor? Happens all the time. All the time. But who is that? Who's the most, who do you hear that about the most? I, I think know. it's James Wilder. I, I yeah, think I get James the same Wilder. thing. I get the same thing. James um, Wilder. Because he goes back, um, Lee, it was sort of a transition period. The late, the late 70s bucks were built on defense with Leroy Selman. Uh, and Dewey Selman and Cotney and some of those guys. And then you had sort of the last few years of, of the John McKay era when Wilder was a workhorse. He, he was a one-man gang. I think there was one year where he almost had 400 carries. 400. Wow. And that wasn't a 17-game season uh, either. You know, and he caught a lot of passes. He, he had some very productive years for the Bucks. He was all they had, you know, 83, 84 Wilder's the name that comes up the mostly, and uh, I, I hope the Glazers are listening to that and, and respect that and acknowledge that Wilder belongs. Who do you think is the last good defensive end slash pass rusher the Bucks have drafted? This Someone asked me this the other day, and I brought up the name, and they couldn't believe it, but they didn't argue with me. You define good however you want. Wow, that is one hell of a question. Lee, I remember 85 because I got to town in 85, and I believe, I think they had the eighth pick in the draft coming off the 84 season. Lehman Bennett took over as coach for McKay, and I think they drafted a guy named Ron Holmes, who, who, <laughs> was, who was an edge rusher, and he wasn't particularly good. Uh, he didn't last that long in the NFL. Ron Holmes, one year he might have had six or eight sacks, one year. Uh, I hope that's not the guy you're referring to. It's a long time ago. No. Uh, I wouldn't consider Will Golston uh, in, in that group. They drafted him, but uh, certainly he's not known as an edge rusher. Uh, who you got in mind, Lee? Leroy Selman. Oh, my goodness. Lee, Leroy Selman. It's the first Think pick about in it. First pick in, uh, in, in uh, franchise annals. Oh, my goodness. I know. Oh my goodness! Yeah, think about it. I don't. I think that's the only one they've ever drafted. And like you said, the very first, very first player the team drafted. That's the last good defensive end slash pass rusher I think this team has ever drafted. Assuming the rest was not drafted by the Bucks, he was a free agent pickup. That's right. So you're saying the rest of them are sort of Gaines Adams types, Lee? Gaines Adams, you know. Hate to say it. Hate to say it. And speaking of Gaines Adams, and this just numbers wise, and we kind of talked about him a little bit. In your last podcast, but I looked this up the other day. Right now, you compare Joe Tryon and in his two years in the NFL and Gaines Adams, Tryon's numbers are worse than Adams. I got some concerns about Tryon, and so do a lot of Buck fans. Uh, they might not want to express it because um, 
You don't want to miss out on another edge rusher. Daquan Bowers, he's in that silly conversation. <laughs> Keith McCants, remember him, Lee? Keith McCants got into all kinds of trouble. Sort of an outside linebacker type edge rusher. Didn't work out. Boy, there's been so many. Lee, that's incredible that you came up with Leroy Selman, who, Lee, to be fair, and I didn't see him play because he retired just before I got to town in 85. He retired. So I only saw him, you know, on TV and the Bucks weren't on TV a lot. Uh, I did cover the playoff game against the Eagles and the NFC title oh. game against the Rams. They did send me down to Tampa. But that's only two games out of a storied career. Lee, arguably, I got no problem saying it. Leroy Selman might be the best player in, in Buck history. I got no problem. The NFL top 100 players of all time were Belichick was heavily involved in that with the NFL Network. Yes. And when they had Selman on there, and Selman is in that class, they were discussing Selman. It was Belichick and uh, Mean Joe Green. And Mean Joe Green said, he said, Leroy Selman is the best 3-4 defensive end I ever saw. And Belichick said, I absolutely agree with you. And I agree with that too, Lee. You got to remember, he came off the right edge in a three-man front. The, the guy never faced single coverage. I mean, never. Never, Lee. Never. 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 What a fantastic player. What a fantastic ambassador for the community. There's never going to be another Leroy Selman in this town. Lee, I reckon just before we head out of here, I'm going to throw in uh, Chidi Ahanatu was drafted and had a monster season. So, I mean, he was at least good. Yeah, they did draft a double-digit sack guy, so you can throw him in there. Adrian Claiborne had a really a very strong rookie season and then got hurt and was never the same. So I'll at least... I'll at least give him an asterisk. Yeah, it's... Hey, hey, didn't he have six sacks in one game? Not as a buck, but uh, for Atlanta. I, I think he had six Dallas, sacks. wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're playing Dallas. You're right. He did, and um, his first year with the Bucks, uh, he was the only guy. You know, he was even getting double teamed as a rookie. Seven and a half sacks, three forced fumbles. It looked like the right pick. Turned out it was the wrong pick because Cameron Jordan was the guy they should have drafted who, who went a give few... Me, give me some other names, Steve. Give me some other names. Sage, you're going to have to wait for that on the next podcast. We are out of here, and uh, we will be in Indianapolis uh, talking it up with some fun guests next week. Ira, rest up, and we'll be back. I'm the demographic for Xlax. Hola amigos, soy Randy Arozarena. ¿Sabías que Bill Curry Ford tiene cientos de nuevos Ford y vehículos usados para escoger? Sí, y puedes comprar con tranquilidad, porque todos vienen con una garantía nacional por vía del tren motriz. Obtenga cobertura de tren motriz durante el tiempo que sea dueño de su vehículo y 10 años de asistencia en carretera sin costo adicional para usted. Tienes un vehículo para intercambiar, Bill Curry Ford le dará hasta 5 mil dólares sobre KBB por su auto viejo y obtendrá su dinero inmediatamente. Además, ofrecen financiamiento garantizado interno. Mal crédito, sin crédito, no hay problema. Ellos pueden conseguir que usted apruebe y siempre obtienes el mejor servicio. Así que si estás buscando un vehículo nuevo o usado o qué comprar en otro lugar, apresúrate a Bill Curry Ford, la primera familia de Ford en Tampa Bay. Fácil acceso en North Dale Maverick Highway o comprar en línea en BillCurryFord.com.